Welcome to The Short Score, your weekly update of rope and news from around the industry, where you can find the latest on the sport from the pro rodeo ranks to the jackpot world. I'm Taylor Vollen, and I'm your host. Good morning, everyone. It's Taylor Vollen, the host of The Short Score. Thank you guys for listening this morning, and I hope you guys have a good week. If you've been keeping up with our website and social medias, you'd have come across our story with J.R. Gonzalez, the 20-year-old who heals for 2018 NFR header Bubba Buckaloo and currently sits in the top five of the Resistol Rookie of the Year race. On this episode of The Short Score, Lillian Kent, junior Western digital content producer for the Breakaway Roping Journal, BarrelRacing.com, and the Team Roping Journal, caught up with JR to get the lowdown on the year he's having, his partnership with Bubba, and so much more. Keep in mind that when Lillian talked to JR, he was actually third in the rookie standings, but with a busy weekend of rodeos, standings inevitably shifted. Hey Lillian, I'm doing good, I'm doing good. We're over here at Ellensburg, Washington. Awesome, what have the last few days looked like for you guys? Oh my goodness, it's been, it's been smoky up here. Yeah. It's been smoky, it's been pretty smoky. Today's finally, it's finally cleared out today and we can finally see the mountains. So, it's been, it's been pretty good. Yeah, it's like, I gotta borrow one of those nebulizers from a barrel, (laughs) a barrel girl. I know, I know, we went to, we were up at Kennewick yesterday and uh, it was, it was a lot thicker there than it was here mm-hmm. and uh it was it was a lot easier to get a headache there than it was here in Ellensburg oh man I can't even imagine aside with yeah. aside from the sleep and the caffeine and probably the bad oh food gosh, and, <laughs> and then you're like yeah. uh and what is my headache from this morning exactly yeah and it was it was just you just smell you you, you could smell the smoke there yesterday morning you couldn't really smell it here at Ellensburg yesterday but it was it was pretty it was pretty bad yesterday. Oh man, oh man. Well, uh, I'm really excited to get to talk to you today. Get to talk about your your cool pony, and you yeah. know <laughs> nothing better than talking about horses, right? Yes, ma'am. Oh yeah, <sighs> I I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot too. Awesome. <laughs> well, first, give us a little primer, kind of who you are. You know, you said you're from Laredo, and yeah. uh, yes, ma'am. just just give us a little rundown with that. Well, um. My name's J.R. Gonzalez. I am from Laredo, Texas. I am 20 years old, and every horse I've ever owned has either come from Mexico or Laredo. <laughs> All right. Up until this year, um, just recently, I just just recently got help getting another horse. I, mean, I ended up buying um, by Crytes' heel horse that he made finals on last year, which I'm very fortunate. Wow. Have. So, I've got him now too, but I don't, I don't ride him as much as I do my other little sorrel pony now. I just, I think I might finish the fourth quarter on, on my other little, okay, my other horse. So, but yep, what's I've been, it? Uh, open for quite a bit now. Okay, and I started open when I was eleven, and it's been history ever since. Nice. So, what's it feel like to be riding horses that don't come from? Mexico or basically Mexico. <laughs> That's funny you say that because I've had I've had this conversation a lot with a lot of people and it's it's uh I don't know, it's like it's like if you've been driving a ninety nine 
forward for about 10 years and then you get in a 2023 GMC. I don't know. <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely, it's, they've got cruise control. Yeah, you're like, how do I work this thing? <laughs> they've got cruise control. Yeah, they got active driving assist and yeah. <laughs> airbags and... They've got power steering, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was, it was, it was, it's been, well, I've, in the beginning, I had a little bit of a rough, rough time kind of getting used to them, but I knew that I, if I got my hands on them, it would, uh, it would really help me in the long run. Yeah. Just because I've seen that horse go a lot, and he's, he's a really good horse, and his name is Cherry. Okay. He's, uh, 11 years old, and Brian did a phenomenal job on him, and when he came up to me and told me he was putting him up for sale, I knew that. If I didn't get on it, I knew somebody else was going to, so wow. I figured I went ahead and capitalized on the opportunity. Wow. How great is it that he came up to you and, you, it was you pretty, know? It was, it was it felt good because, well, there for a while I had been looking for a horse, and uh, I guess he heard that I was, and Bubba, Bubba's from Oklahoma, and my partner, Bubba Buckler, and he's from Oklahoma, and so is Brian. I guess Bubba had been asking people for horses too because he, he, he was the one that helped me okay. ask for that as well because he, he knows a lot more people than I do yeah and uh, we were at a we were at a roping in um, Oklahoma and Brad came up to me and told me hey man you know I've got my good heel horse up for sale I'm I don't know I mean obviously Brad, Brad's not healing anymore he's kind of stuck to the heading now mm-hmm. and he came up to me and he was honest he said man I don't think I'm going to be doing much healing anymore. I've got a couple horses at the house that I can still heal on, but I need to get rid of this one so I can buy another head horse. And I was like, well, right. you know what? I think I'm going to go ahead and give it a shot. And it all worked out. And it pretty good. Awesome. Um, so, talked about the new horse. Let's take a few steps back and kind of talk about, you know, did you start in the healing? Kind of talk me through what coming up was like well it was it it started off you know i was in i was in elementary school and i wanted to get into roping and i kind of didn't at the same time it sounds really bratty of me because of now like now it's i don't i don't enjoy doing anything else but (laughs) i used to play i used to play basketball i know a Mexican playing basketball doesn't sound very normal, but I was playing, I played a lot of basketball in elementary, and, uh, you know, my dad would call me after school, hey, do you want to come row, hey, and I'd always kind of be like, ah, you know, I've got basketball practice, I don't think I'm going to go, but I'd always end up going after basketball practice. You're like, don't you know, Dad, I'm going to be six five one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, wait, which I'm definitely not. I don't think Mexicans go to be six five. But <laughs> the NBA wasn't in our favor, so I had to pick up a rope, I guess. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so, um, I ended up. I started roping at around eleven. I, I'd always ridden a horse, just you know, rode around, and I never really picked up a rope until I was about ten or eleven. And I started roping with my dad at home and. My dad had always, you know, told me that if I wanted to get better, I needed to learn how to be consistent. And it was a lot of late night practices. And I thank my dad for 
a lot because he really was the one that pushed me into making sure that if the steer wasn't if the steer wasn't in a good spot for me to throw my rope, then I shouldn't throw my rope at all. And I mean, I'd spend hours and hours and hours following my dad around, no matter how long it took for me to throw my rope. He'd always make sure that no matter how long I followed the steer, he'd always make sure I caught two feet. So it started. I started. We we start practicing at about. Well, it gets really hot down there. Oh yeah, really hot. So we we probably start roping at about eight eight thirty nine ish, even on school nights. I'd stay out there and we'd get back home around midnight, but he, he turned these steers and I wouldn't throw any time before the fourth hop. And we had a, we have a, we have a mare back home that we still do, we still have. And she was just older, but she would let me, uh, she would let me just track. So my dad always put me on her and she did a great job of letting me, let me, you know, push her around and do whatever I needed to do. So we kind of got that down. We got the basics down on, being consistent and then my dad you know he finally took me about five months before my dad let me enter anywhere and I entered my very first roping at uh, at the Rose Palace in San Antonio where they used oh, to oh yeah yeah and they, they have oh people in South Texas are crazy they have these 150 man go once or 150 man enter a pick one draw five draw six but they pay back like 50% but Poster said they had 80 buckles, so, you know, everybody in the state went. <laughs> Every low number, at least. Oh, yeah. So, now, remind so, me what happened to the Rose Palace, because I think it was in danger there a couple years ago, right? See, that's the thing. I don't, I'm not too sure whatever happened, because, you know, I always, I always wanted to, I, I, ever since I started going and watching the George Strait, I always wanted to enter, mm-hmm. and then I never got to, and I never did ask around too much as to what happened so i don't know i really don't know what happened somebody's gotta somebody's gotta bring this back yes yeah they they definitely do so i don't really know what happened but i mean how they still have ropings there i know matthew's landing kick will have a bunch of world series big big world series ropings there but i don't know okay so it's it will it all started with just you know those little low number opens down there and I won my very first buckle there, and then we went to another open next week, and then I won another buckle, and, you know, I was on, holy cow, you know, it felt like cloud nine for me. It was the best feeling ever. I just won two buckles in two weekends, and then I went to another open the third weekend of that month, and it just went terrible. (laughs) So, as quick as I got to get on my high horse, I was as quick to get off, you know? Yeah, yeah. But... I think that taught me a lot. It, it did because as soon as we got done there, the next day it was a it was a Monday, and I, I remember we didn't we had school off on Monday for whatever reason. And uh, you know, my dad woke me up that morning, and he said, "You know, well, let's go real. We need to work on your mistakes and work on what you think you did wrong." So we 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 did that a lot. You know, he he did he helped me fix my mistakes and. It was more or less of me just trying to throw fast and ended up broken leg or just missing. And it was just kind of back to the basics where he would help me make sure I tracked enough to where I knew I could catch two feet every time. So I think in the long run that did, it did help me a lot. And I think to this day, 
I, to this day, I still think about it. I still think because there's been a lot of situations this year where, you know, I didn't, it's better off catching a steer by two feet if I take one more swing instead of trying to take a risky shot and throw my rope and either catch and load or missing. So, well, and for that, I think him. So. Maybe, maybe it's not as big a, a mindset difference as I think it is, but... I remember talking um, to Rich Skelton and uh, talking about how a lot of the younger generation really just want to throw. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, he's right. He's right. We, I mean, I've always wanted to go fast and, you know, I, just like everybody else, everybody wants to throw fast, but I've got to, I mean, by the time you, let's say you try and crossfire your steer and the steer gets in tow and you know, he still got. He still has to take one more hop before you get your slack right and have to dally. So, I think if you take one more swing at the corner and heal him the second hop and finish strong, I think you're liable to be as fast as you were. Maybe during the corner, than if you healed him first legal or second. I don't know. I think it's it's been a. I've 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 looked at it a lot of ways this year, and it's yeah. It's definitely, I've I've thought about it for a long time, but. It's something that I also try not to overthink because mm-hmm. that's more of a mind game and I know. make sure your mind's in the right spot. But I guess when you have the feel of it, go for it. But I, I, that's kind of the way that I've been looking at it here recently. Well, and you could be a philosopher about it, and there's a time for that, right? But uh, <laughs> yeah. you're paid to rope steers, so. <laughs> exactly, yeah every time so <laughs> awesome so um the whole the whole premise right was to get to talk about your cool horse asap the horse from laredo mexico ASAP. that's right yep he's from laredo mexico i i guess that too that's pretty much the same thing my house is about yeah 15 minutes from the the tamaulipas border well the border is right there it's about 15 minutes if you stand on if you stand on the back porch of my house, you can see the Mexican flag flying across the river. There you go. I mean, so, that's where you go to get your doctor's appointments yeah. and your dental yeah. and your everything. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. We've been over there quite a bit of times to go to the doctors and stuff. Yeah. ASAP. ASAP is 10 years old. My dad bought him. Well, I've had him since he was a yearling. Mm-hmm. He came from an older guy down in my hometown. He didn't want much to do with him, and my dad has always liked to buy and flip horses. So he bought this little drawed-up yearling from this guy for twelve hundred dollars, and he brought him back to our place and took real good care of him and let him fill out before we got anything done on him. As soon as he turned two, my dad had a guy go ahead and start breaking the horse and teaching him how to stop and all the basic stuff, I guess, when you try and break a horse. He wasn't taught to be a fancy horse, though. Okay. He doesn't, he doesn't stop when you sit down on your butt, on your saddle, or on your saddle, or push your legs forward. None of that. It's more of a, like, when you ask him to stop, he will. But if you don't ask him to stop, he won't. <laughs> Until you either throw your rope or, uh, like, pull up a little bit on your rein, which I think every healer does every once in a while yeah uh, then he'll he'll stop he's, he's a very good listener so you keep you it ask. he keeps it simple yeah it's very simple <laughs> it, it is very simple he learned uh he learned basic stuff pretty quick though 
he was never one to buck. Maybe a little cold back here and there, but never anything harsh. So he was ready to start tracking the dummy and late steer, etc. Well, when we thought he was ready to start doing all the heel horse stuff, we had the same guy that broke him try and teach him to make a corner and follow the cow. And all I can say was it was a bit rough. It was, it was kind of rough. My dad, being a header, originally wanted ASAP to be a head horse, but he never was the biggest one in the herd. So we yeah. stuck to healing, although it seemed like it was going to be a long journey. But right before my 14th birthday, we decided my dad was going to let, my, let me start healing on him. And, you know, I was excited and, you know, thought to myself, well, this should be easy. All I got to do is ride around the corner and heel to feet and just track the steer until, you know, I have a good shot. Yeah, you're like, this is what I, you're like, I'm good at this. I've won buckles. <laughs> yeah, I've won two buckles. Oh, my God, I'm on. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the amount of steers ASAP and I have ran in the practice spin, in the practice spin is, I mean, it's nothing short of, you know, it, it's a lot. We ran a lot of steers together. If he wasn't cutting to the inside and bumping steers, knocking them down, you know, he was getting really strong and, you know, wanting to ride by or ride too high. And I fractured my toe. Or, like, this was bad. I mean, he, he tried to cut the corner so bad that one time he, he, he tried to cut the corner and I wasn't, I wasn't trying, I wasn't letting him. And he just kind of, he kind of pushed more. Uh-huh. He, he was kind of one of the ones that if you tried holding him back, he'd kind of push against you a lot more. And he just rammed my foot into the steer, knocked the steer down. I didn't rope for a while. It was, it was just, I, I, I was kind of, I was almost ready to give up on it. So, was, really was. how long ago was that? That was, let's see. So that was probably five and a half, maybe six years ago. Okay. Yeah. That was five and a half, six years ago. And, you know, after after a lot of bumping heads together, I started, you know, taking him to youth rodeos that I would go to at the time. They they had these little youth rodeos around uh, Texas that they called the, the AJRAs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I took him to the very first rodeo of the season that they had in Stephenville at the Lone Star Arena. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I wasn't old enough to drive, so my dad would always have to pay somebody to take me up there. And, you know, so we were to go up there, and it was a it was one of those deals where you would run one steer one day, and then your other steer on Sunday. Okay. So we would, uh, the very first time I ended up taking him, I took him to Stephenville. We, we got there, and it was 38 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> That'll make you cold back. Yeah, it, was, it was 38 degrees, and I was just like, great, you know? Well, we got there, you know, I threw a saddle on him, and the saddle was about five inches off his back, and mm-hmm. I'm just sitting there contemplating life at this point. And, and the, sorry, we're trap scrapes, his kids are running around, and Tyler McKnight's kids are running <laughs> around, and it's just a whole bunch here, but, um... I, knew, I, I rode him around I, I made sure to get on him about an hour before the last perf started which is what we were in and warmed him up pretty good and you know I felt pre- I felt really good but it's not that I it's not that I didn't trust him it was just a matter of I didn't know how he would take the pressure that I was about to ask him 
Mm-hmm. Which back then, you know, may not have been much because it was a youth rodeo. Yeah, but, but you guys were you guys were young. Yeah, it, it took it took six five five seconds to win win one of those youth rodeos. So at the time, it felt like I was asking him for his life. Yes. So I uh, we ended up we ended up running our senior, and we were like five eight, and we ended up winning second. And you know, it felt amazing, and I think. Right then and there is when I kind of started thinking about how, you know, I think if I just keep roping on him and keep taking him and keep showing him all these kinds of, you know, all these kinds of scenarios, I think he can easily be my number one. Mm-hmm. So after after that youth rodeo, I went back home and I told my parents all about it. <clears throat> you know, my dad and my mom were real happy for me and uh, they... Uh, they would keep honoring me at all these all these rodeos and stuff and I kept going and going and going I think as I kept going he just kept getting better which turned out in my favor and here we are so what made you keep going with him those times when you you thought it wasn't going to work out you guys weren't making the progress your button heads why did you keep going I think it was more of a it was more of a I, once we got once we got past that stage where it was hard for us to get along with each other. It just felt like it was getting better steer by steer. It was kind of one of those things. I know there, there's a lot of horses out there that just feel better after every single steer that you run on them. And I was very fortunate that after we got past that stage, you know, it started feeling like that. And it wasn't just I mean, I, I, it wasn't just him. I wasn't. I didn't ride the best. I didn't. I didn't know much. I didn't know how to use my feet too well. I didn't know how to use my left hand as well, as well as I do now. I mean, I'm not, not great or anything, but I think it's a lot better than it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I think, I think it was more of a pro- progression as we went together, and it wasn't felt like we weren't moving backwards. You guys are the the poster children of you know they say buy your kid a broke horse well you guys you bought your kid a, a green horse and you guys figured it out together yep and i couldn't have asked for it any other way because oh, i don't know what i do without asap honestly i think asap helped me accomplish a lot of things up to this year and you know the years before and i he's helped me win a lot and he's helped me get out of a lot of slumps and he's always been my kind of go-to horse where if I if I know I need to win I know I can get on each step and I think if I think it was more of a he's always he's always been faster too I think that's why I like him so much is because he's always been the one to hit a second gear once you leave the box and get me in such a good spot where I know I can if I have to heal fast I know I can but if I have to heal one in the second and third hop, I know I can create a pretty good pocket between me and the steer no matter where he is, and he'll still give me a fair shot. So if someone told you six years ago that ASAP was going to be a rodeo heel horse, what would you have said? I I probably would have I probably would have thought you were crazy. I'm not, I probably, probably would have called their bluff on it and told them they were lying. And But honestly, I think some things work out the way that you want them when you don't know that they're going to work out. Mm-hmm. 
and like in this I guess in this situation I think if somebody came up to me and told me that ASAP was going to be my best rodeo horse you know, in the future I think I'd try to do a lot of things different and things wouldn't be the way they are today yeah can't force it can't force it yep exactly awesome so i know you said he's pretty simple to operate what makes him a good heel horse i think you know what asap's not asap's not a three-figure horse he's not a futurity horse he's not one of i don't he can't he doesn't look like all these you know three-figure horses but I think what makes him such a good horse for me is the fact that now I know what he's going to do every single time and that I know when I get on him and I know the kind of situation that I'm in, it's like he reads the play as well as I do. And sometimes even if I do miss a spec, he's there to pick up the pieces for me because he's just, he's just a great horse. You know, he's nothing short of, uh, I would. I don't know if I'd say miracle, but he is. I mean, he's definitely, he's definitely a big, a big part. He plays a big part in what, what made me today. You know. Well, when he was purchased, you know, he wasn't supposed to be this great no, horse. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. He was supposed to be. He was supposed to be a head horse, but he didn't turn. He didn't quite turn out to grow as much as my dad thought he was. Uh huh. And. Um, ended up coming my dad ended up, ended up making the decision that he was just going to be a heel horse and he wasn't going to let me keep him he was just going to break him have him where he tracks steers good enough and sell him but I guess I don't know I don't know what my dad saw in him or yeah he'd have the ability to be able to <laughs> ride that horse for such a long time but I mean to this day I still thank him because you know it was his decision that that's awesome that, so what's what's ASAP like to be around on the ground? Oh my goodness! I wish you were here because ASAP is the biggest puppy. I love him to death. My girlfriend loves him to death. Everybody that's around him that has ever been around him love ASAP to death. He's he's like your thirteen hundred pound dog. <laughs> he's super sweet. You go up to him and you pet him. He'll there's times in the mornings where we'll catch him laying down and Madison's gone up to him and she's laid laid with him and he'll just sit there and let her rub his belly and he's just a sweet horse I mean he's he's a sweetheart he really is says this life is the life for me yep exactly he's he's finally made the decision he made it he made he made that choice about five six years ago that he was he he really enjoyed his job so oh he might as well enjoy life too yeah yeah. Well, uh, zooming out a little bit, uh, kind of give us a brief overview of what this rookie year has looked like for you and Bubba. Well, you know it. Uh, it's been pretty good. Um, I've been really blessed with a lot of opportunities and a lot of being able to go to a lot of places, and I'm really glad that I was able to do this with Bubba because he's he's taught me a lot of things. You know, he's, he's been there quite a bit of times, obviously. He's been there, done that. So it's been it's been a learning experience, but it's also had its ups and downs. You know, I, the very, I think the very first 
big rodeo that I have ever gone to was Austin. And I didn't do my job at Austin, and Bubba did a great job. And, you know, I was pretty upset because in my mind I was like, you know, this is a pretty big obstacle that I have to overcome. I have to make sure I catch a two by two feet. And the first thing I did was not that. <laughs> so, after that, I was pretty bummed. And Bubba told me, like, he came up to me and he was like, hey, man, you know, like, can't worry about this too much because there's still a lot of radios left. And if you let this one overcome you, then how are you going to overcome the rest? And yeah. it's been a lot of, it's been a lot of uh, having to for being able to forget about the losses mm-hmm. it's a lot of that which you know I before I started before I started radioing this year I always you know, I, I always heard about heard guys talk about how oh you know it's it's a mind game out here and if you don't have a good mentality then it's not going to work out for you and I always thought about that and I was like you know what I think I over the years I've grown to grow a pretty pretty good mentality about things and pretty positive whenever things aren't going my way but I don't blame anybody that says that it's that it's harder that it's a lot harder than it looks because it's the truth it is it's really easy to let your demons over overcome you out here mm-hmm. get in your own head yep it is that's that's probably the hardest thing to do out here is not getting your own head and as easy as it may sound you know but once you're out here it's a whole different ball game mm-hmm.